1: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Hello, and welcome to the brand new weekly Runner's World podcast with me, Rick Pearson, and he. Ben Hobson, Hello. each Tuesday, fingers crossed, we will be bringing you the latest news and views alongside an in-depth interview with an inspiring runner. That inspiring runner this week is Anna McNuff, yeah. who's
2: joined us in the studio. Anna's about to start her Barefoot Britain Challenge, which will see her run the equivalent
0: of 100 marathons without shoes. Wow. Well, not to blow our own trumpet... Good, well But Runners World last weekend completed a fairly impressive challenge of our own. We assembled a relay team to complete the 150 mile London loop in 24 hours. We didn't quite manage it actually. We were 24 hours, 22 minutes in the end. But we had a a cracking time and actually I almost ran over a badger (laughs) while running, not in a car. Well good, to clarify. That's the perils of running at night, Rick. I'd never seen a badger before. They're big. And I saw four um, separate badgers. This is in Croydon uh, along a uh, sort of nine mile stretch. Four badgers you probably found a set. Yeah, I reckon i found a set. Well done.
2: 24 hours, 22 minutes is the time to beat. If anyone thinks that they can beat that time, come and have a go if you think you're hard
0: enough. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, we had a really nice uh, group of people and there's lots more information about us doing London Loop on our various channels. Ben, tell us what our various channels are.
2: Uh, Twitter, at RunnersWorld UK. Instagram, at RunnersWorld UK. The website itself, runnersworld.com slash UK. And uh, just make up other ones. <laughs> No, that's it. This is the Runner's World Podcast. Our guest this week is an adventure queen who has run the length of New Zealand. Her next challenge, she's casting her shoes off and is going to run the equivalent of 100 barefoot marathons. Anna McNuff, welcome to the Runner's World Podcast. Hello.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: Great to have you on. Great to oh. have you on. So this Barefoot Challenge, what is it all about?
3: Well, I all I do understand it's a little bit bonkers. Okay, <laughs> I fully get that. Um, it is about, I'm, I'm linking up with the Girl Guide, so basically the whole point of it is to go all the way along and use this run to speak to the young women of Britain, and my message to them is you have to do things that scare your girls. And I thought, if I'm doing that, I've got to be on a scary journey. So I thought about doing the running trainers, and then I just, I just thought, I think... If I'm honest, I could do it in trainers. Mm. Not. I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I just think I could drag myself through it. Yeah. And then this thought just popped into my head. Why don't you do it barefoot? And I thought, that is ridiculous. And then I got really scared and thought, I think I need to do it (laughs) better. And that was it.
0: This is all part of your kind of adventure graph, isn't it? Where you've got like... Oh,
3: bonkers to possible. Yes. Can you explain a bit
0: more about bonkers to possible?
3: Highly scientific diagram on one end of the scale. You have a straight line, you have bonkers on one end and you have possible on the other. And whenever I come up with a challenge idea, I mentally put it on that scale and... If it's too close to the possible, then... It's off. It's off, man. You know, it's just out. And then you can't... You slide it towards the bonkers, but you've got to stop before it tips off into the completely ridiculous. Mm. um, And this is probably the closest to bonkers I've yeah, been this is I pretty close <laughs> though. This I is pretty touching much. bonkers this could still be the tipping point to be honest <laughs> it could I mean, it may be ridiculous who knows yeah
0: well how long have you been running barefoot For is this completely new for you or is it something you've transitioned into
3: there's been a transition I've been kind of stealth training because I I only told people about six months ago and it was actually a relief to tell people um, I've been in minimalist shoes for about three years Yeah. so I went down from standard supported ones to then Nike Freeze, which I just really liked how flexible they were, down to Vivo Barefoots, which I love. And then about a year and a half ago, I started transitioning down to a mixture of running in socks and barefoot and then six months of completely barefoot.
2: Because I think most people would would hear this and even the most... Ambitious of all runners might hear it and suddenly be like, "This is for me. I'm off." Yeah, shoes, know, the shoes, oh, are, the no, shoes, don't. the shoes are on fire. See, and they're outside on barefoot. Well, you
3: I, know, when because um, I read Born to Run and then the Five Fingers came out, and I was like, "Woohoo!" I bought them. I went and ran 10k and then crippled myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just, and, and
0: the same thing. Exactly so, the same thing. So
3: this was Mark two of minimalist running, yeah. and having done, I'm actually pleased I did that because I knew that I couldn't just go and do it. Yeah, um, and I, I think people should run in whatever they're comfortable in, but I do think you should also consider letting your feet do what they're built to do. Mm. And I love minimalist shoes.
2: So are you, is this across the country? Is is a significant distance? Have you sort of mapped it out so that there's a lot of trail, or is it softer, or is it road, or is it is there a mix of everything?
3: It's a good mix. It's right. about sixty percent trail, forty percent urban. I'm going to call it. Right, Sounds nice. like a fashion line, <laughs> urban. <laughs> um, and that is purely because a I wanted to go on some trail because I love trail. That's where my heart goes. Mm but also it's a lot about where the the guiding units are for me to be able to speak to young girls you know it's great me it. running over mountains but there's not many there's girls no hanging out, out, there. At <laughs> yeah, yeah. out at the guide at the top yeah. and it would be a bit of a hassle to get up there so um it's a real mixture of the of the two and Um, And I mean, in a way, tarmac's harder on my body because Mm. of the pounding, Mm. but actually at least I know what I'm going to get. So some of the trails, um, I'm most nervous about gravel and farmer's track. Oh, oh, sharp
0: stones.
2: There should be
3: like a (laughs) dun-dun-dun.
0: The farmer's
2: track. The (laughs) farmer's
3: track. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, Any injuries to speak of, um, apart of obviously in your first attempt at at barefoot, you got injured, but what what about this time around?
3: This time around, um, I had probably quite a lot of Achilles issues to start with because Mm. It is a, it's a, a lot on your Achilles and to go from hey here's 33 years of not being used very much to come on you've got to do everything um, I definitely had a bit of soreness but I always felt it was at a manageable level you know it was a bit cheeky I'd say cheeky injury um, and then that after six months that just disappeared um, and I've had a bit of plantar fasciitis on my left foot which is just my calves just need to get stronger basically so my chiropractors just every time I go up the stairs I do 50 calf raises which if you think about how many times you go up the stairs yeah. in a day when you work at home that's a lot yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. yeah so I'm basically trying to get like those heart-shaped calves like the Tour de France riders ones, yeah, yeah know you the know ones, them I'm gonna yeah. put a bra on my calf muscles one day <laughs> you
0: must you must have a, some calf muscles Ben Is that, you're
2: keen so yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know say that I don't <laughs> but uh, but that's but I mean to be honest, I should be doing exactly that all the time as well. There's there's I think there's things that look good and then things that are usable. And I yeah. think mine probably are in the look good sort of oh, scale of things. Oh, you know
3: what though, you're halfway there if they yeah, look yeah, good, really, fine. aren't you? Yeah, exactly. you? can fool a lot of people. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I think that everyone will probably be wondering about poop.
3: Oh, I ran over some yesterday on Kew Bridge. Oh. Massive dollop of dog turd. It was great. Um, yeah, poop, urine, vomit, all of that. But then I think... If you actually stop and think about what your hands touch in a yeah, day, no, especially point. in London, yeah. actually your feet touching it, it's a lot further away from your mouth. And you're not going to put your feet in your mouth, <laughs> are you? So, true. you know, let's be honest, actually. Um, but I don't know, there's some, I know, I mean, oh, maybe I'm just a feral child, but there's something about getting dirty and mucky mm. and just mm. grubby that I just love. You know, obviously, I'm hoping not to step in too much dog poo. I've waded through a lot of cow poo on my runs, especially the Pennines. different. Yeah, it is. It's very um, soft. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, the, you know, there, there, are, there
0: are more acceptable um, poop Types of feces. Uh, yeah, yeah, of Horse <laughs> and cow. Yeah,
2: but yeah, I think true. anything that's in a large scale on a field yeah. Yeah. is acceptable because yeah. that's trail-based. Yeah. And
3: it also is, we know that's good for the environment because that's compost, whereas no one composts with dog mm. poo. Does it, Humans really? are worse. No, it's it's I mean, worse. That's, that's, if I ran through a bit of human poop, <laughs> I think I'd, I'd be stopping for a wash. M- moving on then. Moving
0: yeah, on. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously you ran the London Marathon in bare feet as well. I did. 3.43?
3: 3.
0: 3.44. 3.44. Yeah. 3. Yeah. So really, really good time. Good for age time. Yeah. Were you surprised by that or how easy it was or how hard it was?
3: Well, I was really surprised actually and it was a good day out and it's probably, you know, because normally when I enter an event, I don't do many events and that was my first ever official marathon. I mean, I've run loads of marathons, but I never do it in an official event. Yeah. And so, normally, when I enter an event, I'm hideously underprepared. I go tumbling into the start line, and I just everything just goes a bit wrong, and I end up disappointed. But the London Marathon was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I didn't I didn't wear a watch because because I oh, I you know I was I used to be a rower like a GB rower, so I I was staring at a screen all the time looking at my split times, and I just hated it. So I never run with a watch, and I thought. I should probably run with a watch because I'm doing the London Marathon. I thought, well, no. Um, and so I just did it by feel. And I just chilled and then just thought, I feel really good. Mm. You know, I just, mm. I felt amazing. And I thought, I'll get to 17 miles and see what happens because that was the furthest I'd ever run on tarmac in bare feet. And then I was just waiting for the wheels to fall off and they just didn't until about mile 22. And then I went in the pain cave and yeah. stopped. You know, everyone's going, go, Anna," and I'm like, leave <me alone. laughs> Who are you? Stop shouting my name. <laughs>
0: what about going through like the Lucasade? It, oh, it must have got quite sticky on the so floor so sticky
3: which at first was quite funny i found it really really funny and you're sort of dodging the floor because then what would happen is you'd have LucasAid station but then you'd have you'd be like oh buxton water's coming soon
2: a <laughs> little foot wash oh a
3: little foot wash. and then 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 you'd see the best was the hose at the side of the road <laughs> yeah. that was great um but then towards the end i did start to get a bit you know, not irritate, but thinking this friction is slowing me down. You know, because I could feel <laughs> every step, but um, I just tried to stay chilled about it and thought this is what it's about. You know, I'm experiencing mm. the London Marathon in all its form. Like no one else is getting this stickiness on the feet. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was, I was super impressed. I think actually, um, barefoot running can be associated with you know, all right, you're going out and it's just about being out there and being and maybe, and maybe running a lot slower, but actually. It's a really good time. So. Yeah, it was yeah. all
3: right, and I was. People were so sweet as well. They were so concerned for my safety. I one <laughs> Irish woman that stayed with me for ten minutes. She was so worried that someone was going to step. She stepped my shoe. It was like a personal foot security guard. <laughs> it was brilliant.
2: Um, what what messages? I mean, we've talked about what, the, the run that you're doing and the girl guides and all that sort of stuff. But do you have a do you have a bigger overarching message about running and what you how you present your adventures?
3: Um, I think when you ask someone whether they enjoy running, the first thing they'll say to you is, "I'm not very fast." Unless you ask like Mo Farah, in mm. which case you might say I'm all right. Um, but and, I, and then I think, well, that's not the question I asked you. So I think somewhere along the way, we we got lost in that running has to be about speed and about times. And I think that's great as long as you're using that as a measure of personal performance and, and doing your best yeah. and not a stick to beat yourself over the head with. Like oh, I'm because ne-, you're never gonna. Because you're never going to, I don't know if you'll ever be good enough if you're always doing yeah. it about time. Yeah. So I think through doing adventures, and that's, that's a general thing, I think coming from an elite sports background. Where I did beat myself mm. over the head with a rowing oar. In that case, um, I'm just all about the the sensation of it, the experience, which is why I love trail running, why I love running to the pub to eat a Sunday lunch. You know, I, mm. I'm going somewhere. I'm using running as a as a tool for enjoyment and being out there, and not not necessarily a need to go fast. Um, but then there is that element of trying to see where the line is and how far you can push yourself, which is partly what the barefoot running is about.
2: Definitely, yeah. I think anyone running will always have that. There's always that that slight, uh, I'm gonna say masochistic element of personality, which is kind of like, wow, I've been really enjoying this, but I wonder if I can go really, really fast.
3: Yeah, yeah, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. When you sort of like get that irony taste in your mouth, and you really oh, oh,
3: the cross country blood taste. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yes, I remember that. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: (laughs) But I think you're right though. That there's definitely a crossover. It's like, oh, I, I like running, and then you get, oh, have you done a marathon? Yeah. Oh, uh, how fast?
3: Yeah, that's it. That's it, okay. isn't it? And I think there's lots of speed is one thing, but there's lots of there's lots of other dimensions to running, you know, it's not it's not 2D, it's not how fast mm. is it? It's where have you been and what have you and what And and sometimes people's best races aren't where they went the fastest, no. you know, it's something else. So, Definitely, you
0: know. yeah. Yeah, Richard Asquith writes about the oh, I love The seven ages of the runner. Nice I, I, I can not remember all seven of them, but like once like that you get into it, two it becomes competitive, three it becomes a bit of an obsession, mm. and maybe some of the enjoyment comes out of it. Yeah. And most people never get past Stage three, but actually yeah. there are other stages, which is kind of what you're talking about: enjoyment, running for its own sake.
3: Yeah, and I think what comes, maybe passing into that realm—I'm going to call them mm. realms now—is um, you you have a, a quiet bit of self-confidence, and you don't you don't feel the need to do things for other people. You know, you're actually mm. doing it for yourself, and that's a re- that's when running gets really
0: fun. Definitely. Do you think that your running has changed as a result of this barefoot uh, journey that you've been on?
3: Physically, yes. Yeah. So. Um, uh, and I was saying to you, I went to the running lab, which is this awesome place under Q Bridge, under one of the arches. It feels like it should be a troll home, but it's not. It's home to a very, very <laughs> clever man called Christian. And he, um, uh, a year ago, I went to see him and he looked at my running style, my gait, and he basically explained to me that I need to be a glider, which is because I'm doing distance and I want to minimise the impact on um, the force of the ground on my joints that I need to try and run Basically if you're looking at me sideways with my shoulders as level as possible. Yeah. Which is so different to what you see on the telly, you know, you mm. you see the fifteen hundred metres runners and you boing, boing. Yeah. Mm. Um so he said, you know, don't be a Kenyan, basically. Don't don't run like they do. And um and that is how my running style has changed. And I watched myself in the London Marathon. I went back and got tested yesterday and seen that over the last year I have Minimised the the impact on my joints, so yeah. that hopefully that staves off injury and I'm able to run for longer. Yeah, I mean I, l- I look a little bit ridiculous, kind of like a <laughs> swan um, <laughs> trying to run, um, but but it's working. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but that's exactly. it. There's so many different styles.
2: Which part of your route are you most looking forward to? Have you already have you some of it? And have you-
3: no, because I don't like wrecking. Right. I now probably get in trouble for that on the old <laughs> Runners <laughs> World loop. <laughs> Sorry, oh. Rich. It was noted. It was noted. <laughs> I was like, I like the excitement of doing something for the first time. I think that's amazing. So, I'm and and a lot of my route is based on where do I want to go in the UK. Um, That's why I'm starting in the Shetland Islands because what on earth goes on in the Shetland Islands? You know, it's basically Norway. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. It's so high up Yeah,
3: yeah, there's puffins and otters and seals and all that jazz. Otters? I don't know, I made that up. Um, (laughs) But uh, so, I'm really excited about the Shetland Islands. I'm going around the Isle of Man as well. Again, don't know what goes on the Isle of Man mm. um, and then I'm also going down to the Channel Islands um, when I get down to the south coast because I'd run a, I was planning my route along the south coast and I thought I've, I've run a lot of this before oh, really? so let's, let's snip off to the Channel Islands
0: Great Yeah, love it How about the Silly Isles are you going to get out to there?
3: No, I really want to but they A, I'd have to go all the way down to the bottom of Cornwall yeah. which I mean Cornwall is just a very long way yeah. you know it's <laughs> beautiful yeah. but it is a really long way um, but I'd love to go to the Silly Isles one day yeah, yeah. I, I looked at going but it's so hard to get down it's so there hard to get
0: to it's a mission. When you're there, it's amazing. I've been lucky enough to go, but it's, it, yeah. it took me about nine hours, and I thought it's a long swim. I could actually yes. <laughs> in a plane here. All oh, right, I could be doggy paddle as well. <laughs> I could be in LA. At this point. Well, yeah. that's
3: it, isn't it? But I do think <laughs> do that, you want the <laughs> LA. Oh. There you go. You sure? But I do think we we do bypass Britain sometimes because we think, yeah. oh, I just get on Ryanair for a pound or whatever. You yeah, know, and go. It, to, yeah, yeah. When actually it's pretty awesome. So I'm excited.
0: So if people want to find out a bit more about Barefoot Britain apart from listening to this wonderful weekly podcast...
3: Weekly! How exciting! (laughs) It is exciting,
0: actually. Um, Where can they go?
3: They can go to annamcnuff.com forward slash Barefoot Britain. Or if you're really lazy, just Google Barefoot Britain. It'll pop up.
0: And when's it starting?
3: It's starting on the 2nd of June and finishes in London on the 10th of November. And there are 86 open running stages. So if people want to sign up to run with me, they can go and hit sign up and do they have to be them. in bare feet no absolutely not they can wear whatever they want you know even fancy dress if they like but yeah. i just want people to try and you know come and run a few miles have an excuse to get out
0: great Fantastic. and i thanks so much for coming on the runner's world well podcast
3: you are so welcome it's been a pleasure well, that
0: was great yeah best of luck with barefoot britain as well
3: we'll come, we'll
0: come and join you for,
2: for oh, the london bit excellent good absolutely yeah, yeah. that'd be amazing barefoot 100%. I guarantee yeah. yeah i
0: might
3: be i think you should just be naked in shoes Fine. The opposite. the opposite. Yeah, that's as,
0: long, as long as your calves are out, then I think it's fine. That, fine. In <laughs> fact, where everything just
3: revealed the calves. <laughs> yeah, that's right. it. Amazing.
0: Cool.
1: I'm done. <laughs> a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times.
0: This is the Runner's World Podcast. Now, as a a man who read Born to Run, cast aside his footwear, and then spent two months hobbling around (laughs) injured, I'd like to offer the listener some hard-won barefoot running advice. Here are three tips for anyone looking to dip their toe into barefoot running. Number one, walk before you can run, literally. (laughs) Invest in a pair of minimalist day shoes, walk around in these, and that'll actually lengthen your Achilles tendon, uh, and then think about running after that. Uh, number you could two. Just, you could you just not walk around barefoot? At or, home?
2: Well, yeah, maybe the office.
0: Yeah, I think you might get some weird looks walking around the office barefoot. But hey, True. why not? Embrace it. Depends what you want. You know, if you were working at Google or something. Some <laughs> kind of Number two is, is go for the grass. Barefoot running makes uh, most sense on natural surfaces like grass and sand rather than man-made surfaces like pavement. And number three is bring your shoes along too. This doesn't have to be a shoes-free thing. You could go for a run, say a three-mile run. You could do an, a mile of it barefoot, or lap of the park, say, Mm. then pick up your shoes, put your shoes on and continue the run. Great. Solid, solid tips. Thank you very much.
2: I think I will... Three top tips there. I'm going to employ two of them. Uh, Which ones? Uh, The first one, but I'm going to walk around barefoot, unlucky everyone. (laughs) And the other one is I'm going to to bring my shoes along with me and just take them off now and again and just do a little bit. Yeah, exactly.
0: I was chatting to some people about um, feet yesterday Mm. on the weekend, and... The, uh, the, your weekend activities yeah or we- no I'm a, I'm a normal guy <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were talking about I don't know how I got onto this but we said if you had to lose a couple of toes oh, if you had to massive. lose two oh, toes is, yeah, yeah, yeah. which toes would you lose because obviously you're not going to lose a big toe you can't then you're done that's your balance point uh, I'll let you go first because I've got a theory
2: it's going to be the one next to the little toe yeah I'm going to go next to the little toe and then you're next to the big toe so that you've yeah. still got the platform. Absolutely right. Right? Three toes, the kind of trident trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the rest of the time I feel like you've got... So fifth is fifth mesotarsal, little toe landing, mm-hmm. transition through to the your third mesotarsal, which is important, and then off, off the first, off the big toe. So yeah. from a running point of view, yeah, you're going to have to be a bit wobbly but you've got performance should be okay
0: we'd really like to know what (laughs) listeners have to say about this
2: (laughs) podcast at runasworld.co.uk title which toes would you lose (laughs) thanks also I'm going to quickly use all my power and influence to say happy birthday mummy are you going to do you're going to do the song no I'm just saying happy birthday to my mum because this is the podcast comes out today Tuesday the 14th of May which is my mum's birthday Well, that's very nice happy birthday mum
0: this is the Runners World podcast now? Rumours have reached R.W. Towers that a runner was seen last week wearing a pair of luminous green shoes, a kind sported by Eliab Kipchoge. To tell us more about these magic shoes and much more besides, here's Kerry McCarthy with some running
1: news. Hi, guys. Uh, I don't know about running around, but possibly waddling around slightly faster than usual uh, is how I'd describe it. But yeah, I have spent. The last week to ten days, wearing uh, a preview pair of the Nike Next Percent, which uh, sneakerheads may know is the update to the Vaporfly Four Percent Elite that came out last year, um, and I have to say, uh, despite being a cynical journalist, I'm I'm quite excited by them. Um, they are they're quite. They're quite difficult to control. Actually, they're almost like you know, kind of being in a Formula One car going right. around a racetrack. It's like it's it's pretty thrilling ride, but you can't you can't switch off at any point. So, uh, a few technical details: they are extremely bouncy. They have more of the Zoom X foam than the previous iteration did. Um, they have a very very lightweight but very strong uh, upper, which is made of a, a blend of TPU and TPE, which is kind of a polycarbonate blend. The advantage of that is that your sweat won't stick in it. It's, it's, I think, something like 75% lighter, they claim. Mm, yeah. um, wow. But you can definitely feel that. It has asymmetric lacing, so it takes some of the pressure off the top of the foot. Uh, and, of course, it has uh, a carbon fibre plate, Yeah, which is kind of like the technology du jour <laughs> at the moment. Um, but with good reason. I found I went straight in at the deep end. I ran a 20-miler uh, for my first run. Don't try that at home, kids. <laughs> you have to be at least as broken as I am to get away with it. Um, but I really enjoyed them. You know, what I can say in terms of empirical evidence is that my, my cadence was up by about 15 steps a minute. My heart rate was down by almost 10 beats a minute, which is vast. Yeah. Uh, and I had significantly less achiness in in the days that followed. Um, I just had to make sure that I cornered quite widely because you, you really feel the carbon plate under your foot. Yeah. Um, so you you have to be careful about how you how you land um, but yeah they're very impressive they are going to be a whopping £240 when they come out so it's up to you whether or not you think that's worth it I would suggest if you are a good club runner looking for marginal gains they would be well worth the investment um, they're out sometime in July I believe um, with a date TBC but keep your eye on that one um, what else have I been up to I have been uh, following the news that Mo um, our own beloved Samo Farah will be defending his title at the Chicago Marathon this October. He's spent a few months playing with us all, trying to decide whether he's going to run at the World Championships, back on the track in Doha this autumn. He's decided not to do that. He will be going back to Chicago. He ran a time of 2.05.11 last year to win it, yeah, yeah. Um, which is his PB to date. Um, he was slightly slower in London a, a few weeks ago, uh, 2.05.39. Um, But, you know, he's got plenty of time to... Maybe not go and mess around on a ginormous treadmill (laughs) the day before. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, indeed. And uh, hopefully all quibbles and quarrels will be out of the way then and he can (laughs) can focus on being the tremendous athlete that we know he is. Yeah, definitely. Um, Speaking of tremendous athletes and also segueing nicely back to the green shoes is is, is, uh, a man who encompasses both of those things, Eliud Kipchoge. He wore the next percent in his massive, massive victory at London um a couple of weeks ago and he will be going for a second sub two hour marathon this autumn Mm. um followers of the sport may remember that he had a go in 2017 at the monza racetrack it was obviously an unofficial attempt um they had things like um pacers running in an arrow formation in front of him to 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 kind of like act as a windbreak Mm. yeah um, lots of other kind of like factors that would be deemed illegal but for Nike uh, his sponsor it was very much just a, a not a stunt but
0: yeah, a let's spectacle see what's to see
1: what is humanly possible Yeah. Mm. Um, and they're going to have another go this year delighted to say it will be in London um, probably in the month of October at the moment details are sketchy it's being backed by the chemical company Ineos uh, who have also just taken over Team Sky the cycling team um, it's being named the Ineos 159 challenge for obvious reasons um, they are the organisers are trying to find a way that they can cram in a qu- up to a quarter of a million spectators. Wow. So the current thinking is that there will be some kind of two- to three-mile loop, possibly Battersea Park, where he can be seen at all times. Because I think probably one of the missing factors last time, when he ran two hours and 25 seconds, only missed that by 26 seconds, was there weren't that many spectators. Mm-hmm. And as we all know... From running five k's, ten k's, whatever, you sometimes you just need that bit of a psychological boost. So yeah, definitely. I do think having roaring crowds cheering him on, all other things being equal, could be the thing that gets him over the line. Yeah,
0: it's so exciting. You know, he's come to Batsy Park in London, actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I really think he can do it. I really think he's that close, and it can happen. Which would yeah, be amazing well, I mean,
1: the guy is virtually unbeatable. He's won ten of his eleven marathons, and the last time he lost one was was Berlin in twenty thirteen to Wilson Kipsang. Um you know you could say there's there are kind of no more mountains left for him to conquer mm. and yeah he can he can carry on racking up the wins he's got the world record already which is two hundred one thirty nine that he ran also at berlin in 2018 this yeah. would really mark him out as just the very best of all time if he's if he's not been given that name already yeah i think sure. he should be certainly the best marathon runner of all time definitely yeah. definitely
0: that's great, Kerry. Thanks very much for, uh, for, for popping in and keeping us up to date with the latest and greatest things in the, in the running world.
2: This is the Runner's World
0: Podcast. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runner's World Podcast. I'd like to say a huge thanks to our guest, Anna McNuff, and to Scramble Studios, now called Number 8, where this was recorded. For more news, interviews, reviews, and everything else you'd possibly ever want
2: to know about running, head over to runnersworld.com slash UK. Some more podcast news is obviously now we are weekly. We'd also like to say that we're part of the ACAST family now and uh, still working with the wonderful people at Scramble, but they'll be known as number eight going forward. Thanks so much for listening and tune in again next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince.